Turn to Psalm 27. This morning, while I was alone with the Lord, I saw something very special. It was a dear friend of mine, a minister, and he was in the midst of a very busy place like the Grand Central Station. And lots of commotion, lots of sound, lots of noise, lots of people going different directions. And Jesus calls out my friend's name. And when he looks over and makes eye contact with Jesus, Jesus smiles from ear to ear and he says, find me. (laughs) And it hit me so hard. Jesus was longing to be found, happy to be sought. And my heart immediately went over to Psalm 27 verse 8. The scripture says, when you said, David is speaking of God, when you said, seek my face, that's find me, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face I will seek. It's interesting that God says, seek my face, showing his desire is to be sought. As A.W. Tozer once said, he seeks to be sought. And it is in this invitation, seek my face, that we receive on the inside of us the ability to respond. Notice David hears this in his heart, and then his heart responds. Seek my face, and my heart responds. Oh Lord, your face I will seek. It is an invitation from Jesus to seek him. I extend this invitation to you, and I feel in my heart I have the liberty to say to you, Jesus smiles from ear to ear, and he looks at you and says, find me. <laughs> Wherever you're at in your life right now, David in this time is has all kinds of things going on. He has people specifically speaking against him. He says down here in verse 12 that false witnesses have risen up against him. In the first couple verses, he actually says that evildoers came upon him to devour his flesh, his adversaries, and his enemies. He's got a lot of things going on. He even goes so far as to say, Even if war rises against me, in spite of this, not with this diminished, in spite of it, this is important, this in spite, because sometimes we just want God to make everything right, but it's real, deep satisfaction with God that says, even in spite, this is the one thing life, in spite even if nothing changes, this is my this is my heart's desire. One thing. David says here, One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and meditate in His temple. It's interesting that this one thing is actually three things. He has one desire that has three prongs to it. The first is to dwell in His presence. The second is to behold his beauty. And the third is to meditate upon him. And I was was moved on the inside when I recognized that David says one thing I ask. The word here for ask has two ways it uh, can be understood. Number one, desire. And also the bankruptcy or the inability in and of himself. So David is saying one thing 
I want, I desire, but also one thing I realize I need you to do. That's why he's asking the Lord for it, realizing only God can do this. What is it? That I may dwell in your presence. God, I can't even dwell in your presence without you. God, I can't even see your beauty unless you open my eyes. God, I can't even meditate upon you unless you be the animation of my mind. This is a bankruptcy, I believe, that is a key to David's humility that accesses the wonder of a life that enjoys God above all things. David says, one thing I've asked from the Lord and that I shall seek. It's interesting, this word seek. Some people have asked me sometimes, what does it mean to seek the Lord? I think a very simple definition is found in Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. Daniel says, So I gave my attention to the Lord, God, to seek Him. I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek Him. I think the very first, most fundamental understanding of what seeking God is, is removing all your attention from other things and giving all that attention to God. An exclusive attention upon God is the essence of seeking. So when God speaks to David's heart and says, seek my face, he's saying, give all your attention to my person and my presence. When Jesus finds you in the midst of busyness of life and he says, find me, he's saying, turn all your attention here. Give all your attention to me. And in Psalm 104, uh, many of you love this scripture. It's a, it's a classic. But it says here, In verse 5, it says, uh, sorry, 105 verse 4. He says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. So the wonderful thing about seeking God is that it is a consistent finding. I seek you to find and find to seek, seek, to find. It's the glorious continually. Seek the Lord continually and you shall continually, continually find him. It actually puts together here the finding of the Lord with strength. Seek the Lord and his strength. He supernaturally enables you. In other words, it's something that the the dependent do. (laughs) Only the dependent seek the Lord. Those that are independent do not seek the Lord. It is an expression of dependency to seek the Lord. And as Jeremiah 29, verse 13, many of you know this one as well and love it. Uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 13, the scripture reads, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. This is the exclusive attention that I believe is seen in the essence of one thing. Oh, everything boiled down just to one. Just you, Lord God. I pulled a couple of quotes I wanted to share with you. If you don't have Treasury of David by Charles Spurgeon, I'm going to put a link down below where you can purchase it. I highly recommend it. I use it all the time. It's tremendous. Not just Spurgeon speaking on the scriptures, but pulling from other people, uh, uh, you know, pulling from the scriptures. I've, I bought Treasury of David when I first got born again back in 
in 96. Somebody had told me about it and I got it and I've used it here and there throughout the years. But uh, I'll put a link down below and if you use the link to buy it, it, it will help us out as a ministry. But listen to this. Charles Spurgeon says here, one thing, David says, one thing. He follows that by saying divided aims, divided aims tend to distraction. Isn't it interesting in your life and in my life that when we lose the one thing and add other things, we tend to become distracted. One thing, one thing. It's interesting also, Martha knew the Lord was present but had other things on her mind. That's why she didn't have the full vision and reception of him that Mary did. Spurgeon says one thing, divided aims tend to distraction, weakness. Oh, how often have I become weak spiritually because of additions, other things, wanting something more or other than or equal to just dwelling in his presence, beholding his beauty and meditating upon him and his word. Also, he says here, divided aims tend to disappointment. We get disappointed a lot when our multiplicity of aims takes away the simplicity of aim, the one thing. It's the many things that that weary us. As Isaiah tells us, you've wearied yourself with the multiplicity of your own ways. But he goes on here at Charles Spurgeon and he says, let all your affections be bound up in one affection. <laughs> and that affection set upon him. He also says, to behold the Lord is the exercise of heaven and earth. We can behold him here as a small measure of what we shall do forever in beholding him in the age to come. He says, our desires of the Lord should be sanctified, humble, constant, submissive, fervent, and it shall well be well if, as with the psalmist, they are all molted into one mass molted into into one mass I wrote this down to make it a little bit more uh, easier to understand um, where is it here it is there may be many golden things but his presence melts them into a single golden ring a single golden bridal ring God melts all the golden things into. He gives us all in one. Also, Spurgeon writes here, we should sit at Jesus' feet and awaken all our faculties to learn of him. That's the essence of the one thing. You say, Eric, can you show me what this one thing looks like? Yes, I actually can. Jesus confirms the one thing of David in the Old Testament by saying of Mary who sits at his feet, staring at him, listening to his every word, undivided attention, full face gaze upon him. Jesus says this is the one thing. Jesus showing the Davidic heart of one thing in Mary's life and the imagery of what she's doing. Still, quiet, listening, looking, gazing, low at the feet of Jesus. Oh, how precious this is, the one thing. Um, 
there's a quote here that Charles Spurgeon quotes from Jeremy Taylor. He says, A heavenly mind gathers itself up into one wish and no more. One thing have I desired of the Lord. Nothing of God do I ask but to enjoy him. <laughs> Give me this, O Lord. And for the rest, let everyone else take them. I will part with all to buy that one pearl, <laughs> the riches of heavenly grace from the mouth of Jesus Christ. Also, this one is from Richard Baxter. He says, now tell me if there could be anything greater than this request of David to dwell in the house of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to meditate in his temple. He says, any greater cause to be earnest about? Can you think of anything greater than this? For though worldly beauty is fading, the beauty of the Lord never fades. He goes on here and quotes another person. This person is William Shruther. He says, uh, Christ confirms the prophet's word in Mary's choice of one thing. The chief good, he says, if there be any good above it, it is no chief good. <laughs> if there be any good equal to it, it is not alone. Next, because it is last, which we mind equal to none alone. Eternally to enjoy. If there be any end beyond it, it is not last, but amidst. And <laughs> the degree to it. All mids and ends are used for it, but it is sought for itself and therefore must be one, one thing. Thirdly, it is a center whereunto all reasonable spirits draw. As all lines from a circle meet in the center, so everyone that seeketh happiness aright meeteth in the chief good as the one thing which they intend, and therefore it must be one thing, him. <laughs> Praise God. As Alexander Pope writes, one master passion within the breast, like Aaron's serpent, swallow up the rest. You remember when Aaron, uh, his the, the 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 rod was laid down and the serpent swallowed up the magician's serpent. So when there's one master passion within the breast for the Lord, it swallows up all other ones. Also, this is from George Wagner. It says, In the presence of God, a faithful and loving God, we see the light that is our hope. He says it gives unity to the heart that believes it, unity to the life that is conformed to it. It was the presence of God in David's soul that enabled him to say, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek. I encourage you that it is this wonderful one thing that is the protection of the Christian life and also the bliss, the beatific vision, as the early saints would say. The beatific vision is actually a blissful happiness in perceiving and receiving the wonder of the Lord. Praise God. Uh, John Stoughton says here of the one thing, he says, it is a, the means of communion and fellowship with God. It is this that is the one thing, which is if a Christian had it, he needs to desire no more. That we should all desire and desire again and again to be in love with. And that is enough even to satisfy us the fruition of God and the beholding of Him in His ordinances and in His temple and to have correspondency and fellowship and communion with Him there in His presence. Oh, this is, this is key. 
Um, Richard Baxter says, and now tell me. Oh, I read that one already. Uh, see if there's one more here for you guys. Oh, okay. This is Charles Spurgeon. He says, in this verse, as we are taught that if the Lord would hear our voice, we must first listen to his voice. The true heart should echo the will of God as the rocks among the Alps repeat in sweetest music the notes of the peasant's horn. (laughs) In other words, it is an echo. Our love to God is an echo. God says, I love you. And the reverberation of his voice hitting us is, Lord, I love you. And so it is with the seeking. He says, seek my face. And as we hear it in our hearts, our hearts respond with the echo of, oh, Lord, I shall seek you. And this is why David speaks of the one thing as a desired thing from the Lord. Lord, I ask this from you, that you would enable me to live in your presence, open my eyes to see your beauty and give me the ability to meditate upon you in your word, in your in the in the word of God meditate upon you in my soul as one early writer once said meditation forms the ark of the covenant in the soul of man where we become aware of God's presence through meditation meditation is the lover's language it's just what they do always thinking of the one loved so all this to say the Lord looks at you with a smile from ear to ear and he says to you find me seek me find me Just while you're watching this, just put your hand on your heart and say this with me with joy and and expectation from the Lord that he hears you and he loves you and he's for you. No matter where you think you are in your life, he loves you and he's for you. Pray this with me. Say, God, through Jesus Christ, I ask that the spirit would quicken me to live in your presence. Open my eyes to behold the beauty of Jesus and give me strength, animation to meditate upon you and the word of God. Make me the one thing that Mary chose to sit at your feet, to gaze upon you, to choose this good part. Oh, I worship you. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for uh, for watching. Thank you for subscribing. Patreons, I got more videos coming for you. If you want to be a Patreon, I'll put a link down below. Don't forget to pick up the Treasury of David. I'll put a link down below for that as well. Love you all. Praying for you all. God bless you.